everybody, and welcome to The Snap, a Marvel Cinematic Universe recap podcast where we're going to be talking about all 21 Marvel movies leading up to Avengers Endgame. I'm your host, Kayla Jouett, and on this episode, we're going to be talking about Captain America, the first Avenger. On today's episode, I have my good friend Riley Katz talking with us. Hello, Hello. Riley. How are you doing? I am good. Um... It's been a crazy day. I, I'm a pretty big tech guy, and Apple just had a crazy keynote address where, like, I'm going to have to spend another $10 a month on stuff. So it's been a whirlwind of a day. <sighs> yeah, it has but been what a day. Better way, but what better way to wind down than talking about one of my favorite Marvel movies, Captain America? Yay. I'm very excited that you're here talking about Captain America because I, I kind of told you about this before we started, but Captain America is not one of my favorite Marvel movies. But after That's taking okay. the notes, yeah, taking the notes and like really paying more attention, I do like it more. Um, but Riley, before we start talking, tell me a little bit about yourself. So I am a graduating senior. I have about five more weeks of school left, and then I'm going to be out in the real world, which is terrifying. Um, it is terrifying. I, <laughs> I am a journalist. Uh, I specialize in video games and technology. Um, and that's pretty much where my passions lie. Uh, after this, hopefully I'm going to get a job at like Polygon or the Verge or something, but, um, I'm rooting for pretty you. Much, thank you. I'm, I'm just trying to see where life takes me, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you've been doing a lot, like you're on, um, the main, like you're doing stuff at your college, right? Like you're pretty big with the paper and stuff, right? Yeah, I'm the editor in chief of the Maroon at Loyola. Uh, shameless plug. We <laughs> we are loyolamaroon.com, no um, and I have my own podcast, which is kind of on a hiatus while I finish up this semester. Uh, it's Hardcore Casual, a gaming podcast. It's about me and my girlfriend Kaylee, who we're the two co-hosts, and we talk about games from two different perspectives. Me as someone who's played video games for their entire life, and her as the casual quote unquote gamer. Uh, as somebody who had just kind of picked up gaming in the last year or so. so Yeah, and yeah. for for people listening who don't know, I like Riley enough that I hooked him up with my roommate. So my roommate from college is Kaylee, <laughs> who he's talking about. And um, yes. good guy, good friend. Love them both. Um, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so if you are new to the podcast, this is going to be really fun we talk about each marvel movie um i do a little recap i try to keep it around 10 minutes i will say this out of all of the notes i've taken so far captain america has been the longest so we might go over 10 which is fine um i just don't want to talk for 30 minutes about something that you might as well just go watch the movie because i'm talking so long right so we're gonna do a mm -hmm. small recap and me and riley are gonna talk about it um after we review it and have our discussion, we're going to rate the movie. I rate it based on the ones that I've talked about so far. Um, and then Riley's going to tell me, you know, his top three Marvel movies and where Captain America fits. So, yeah, Riley, are you ready for this recap of the movie? I am so ready. I didn't get a chance to watch it again, but this is also the Marvel movie I have seen more than any others by volunteering. Like, I watched this movie <laughs> kind of way too often, so I'm, like, ready to talk and defend this movie. All right, so here is the recap on Captain America. Two men arrive in the middle of nowhere during a blizzard and meet with a guy who's asking if they're from Washington. He says they're going to need one hell of a crane to get whatever they found out of this ice. They start lasering what they found. It seems to be a large ship. 
While inside searching, they find Captain America's shield, so they call in the colonel because this one's been waiting a long time. The scene changes by going back in time to 1942 in Norway. A man runs into a home to warn his elder that they're coming for it. Another man, all in black, rolls up in this nice car with an octopus symbol on it. He comes into the house and says it has taken him a very long time to find this place. He opens up the tomb in front of him to find what looks like the Tesseract that we saw at the end of Thor. He says it's the jewel of Odin's throne room, but he drops it on the floor and it shatters. So he threatens the old man and his whole village until he points to him this large door with this tree on it. So this is the same tree of the world that connects all the realms, which Thor described. So he pushes a button on the tree to discover a hidden box, which holds the real Tesseract inside. The old man calls him a fool, says that he cannot control the power he holds and that he will burn. The octopus man, which is how I'm going to refer to him for now because we don't know his name technically in the movie. So the octopus man uh, says that he already has and shoots him with the camera zooming in on the blood spattered octopus pin on his coat. So we have a baddie. All right. So now in New York, men are enlisting for the war. Stephen Rogers, a frail and skinny guy, is excited to enlist. He goes up and the man sees that he has a ton of ailments and he denies him. So afterwards, he goes to see a film. They're showing some propaganda to inspire people to enlist and do what they can for their country. A guy up front starts heckling and Steve calls him out. After the movie, the guy starts beating the shit out of him outside the theater and he keeps hitting him. He's knocking him down. Steve keeps getting back up and he says, you just don't know when to give up. And Steve says the iconic phrase, I can do this all day. So then a man in uniform named James Barnes, a.k.a. Bucky, comes in and he defends Steve. Uh, he calls Steve out for trying to enlist again and lying on his forms because apparently it's not his first time trying to get into the military. He's being sent out soon to England for his term and he shows Steve an article in the paper on the Stark Expo and says he's taken him to the future. So Bucky sets up two girls for them to take around the Expo. They go to see a young Howard Stark, a.k.a. Tony Stark's dad. Um, and he's showing off some flying cars of the future. Steve leaves the date and goes off to find the military fair. He goes to get a physical, and an older man comes in and asks him if he's trying to go overseas and kill some Nazis. He introduces himself as Dr. Abraham Erskine. He asks Steve where he's really from, since he's put five different locations on five different applications. But Steve didn't answer his first question. Do you want to kill Nazis? He answers that he doesn't want to kill anyone. He just doesn't like bullies. He doesn't care where they're from. The doctor offers him a chance to be great, and he gives him the stamp of approval. So he pants to the hideout of the man who stole the Tesseract. He asks his assistant, Dr. Zolar, if he's ready. He pulls out the Tesseract and puts it into a testing chamber. The doctor starts extracting its power until the blue energy is passed into another container, which the doctor says can power up his experiments. He says, this will change the war, but the other man replies, no, this will change the world. On the military grounds, we see Steve lined up with other soldiers, and then we meet Agent Peggy Carter, who supervises this division. The soldier in front of her hackles her about her British accent and tries to wink at her, and then she punches him in the face. It's a great scene. Uh, General Patton so comes in and talks to them. So good. <laughs> they start training up the best army in history, but Rogers is struggling behind everyone in every task. One of these men is going to prove themselves to become a super soldier, and this super soldier is going to personally escort Adolf Hitler to the gates of hell. As the soldiers are running, they make it to a halfway point. The captain tells them that whoever's the first to grab the flag on top of the pole can get a ride back with Peggy. So all the soldiers jump, they can't grab it, and then they all line back up. 
Steve just takes the bolts out of the bottom, lets the pole fall to the ground, and then grabs the flag. So he hands it over and he jumps in the car. Dr. Erskine shows up and he says that Rogers is the most qualified for the project. The general argues with him and says he's only 90 pounds and he's failed every test. The general throws a dummy grenade down. Everybody jumps out of the way and hides, except Steve, who jumps on top of the grenade to sacrifice himself for the group. That night, Erskine visits Steve and Steve asks, why me? Erskine talks about his home and how it was invaded. He says Hitler approached him to make things for him, but he told him no. So then Hitler sent Schmidt, who is the leader of their science division called Hydra. And this is the same man that we saw take the Tesseract. So now we're going to call him Schmidt. So Schmidt is in Hitler's inner circle and they share an ambition. He says that when Schmidt found out about his super soldier, he wanted it to be him and only him. So he injected himself with it and it made him stronger. But he was an evil and bad man. So he only became worse. He picked Steve because he's a good man. He's weak, but he has compassion. He believes that the serum will make him a better man and soldier. Whatever happens tomorrow, he must promise one thing, that he says who he is, not a perfect soldier, but a good man. And they toast to the little guys. So back at Hydra, Schmidt is getting his picture drawn, but we don't see his face in the frame. He has found out where Dr. Erskine is and he sends his people after him. He then asks Dr. Zoller what he thinks about the painting of him and he calls it a masterpiece while the artist seems afraid. Very spooky. What's going on? All right, so Steve and Peggy are riding in the car through Brooklyn. He's pointing out all the places that he's been beat up. She says, you didn't run? And he says, if you run, they chase you forever. She says she knows a little something about slamming doors in her face. And then he says something super insensitive about how he doesn't know why a beautiful woman like her is in the army, um, but he doesn't know how to talk to women, and he's never even danced with one. He's waiting for the right partner. They show up to an antique store, which is a hidden lab for Dr. Erskine. He goes down and meets with the doctor and gets inside of a machine. The general and a bunch of government people are upstairs watching, and Howard Stark is here helping with the energy sources. Erskine gets on the mic and starts explaining to everybody what is going to happen. Steve gets his first shot and says, that wasn't so bad. And the doc says, that was penicillin. The serum infusion begins. They close him in the machine. They turn up the power. When they get to 70%, he starts screaming in pain, and they try to shut it off, but he says, no, he could do this. They go all the way up to 100%. The machine turns off, opens up, and we have a hunk in the machine. Looking nice. Steve comes out, and everybody runs down to him, and Peggy is asking him how he's feeling, and he says taller. And she is clearly as shook as we are by his appearance. One man in the group looks very suspicious. He pulls something out of his coat, blows up the top floor. There's one serum tube left, and he grabs it and runs, shooting Erskine down. Before he dies, he points to Steve's heart. Very important. Uh, so Steve runs after the man who's escaping in a car, and he knows Brooklyn way better than him. After a long chase, he finally catches up. He's riding on top of this taxi that he's on until it crashes. The man jumps out. He grabs a little boy as a means of escape with a gun held to his head. He throws him in the river. So being, being Steve, he goes to save the boy. But the boy's like, I got this. I can swim. Go get him. So the man tries to get into a submarine. and goes to escape, but Steve, being a super soldier now, can outswim him. He kicks him down. The serum smashes. He asks the man who he is, and he swallows a pill and says, one of many. Cut off one head and two more will grow. Hail Hydra. He foams at the mouth and dies. Back at Hydra's base, Hitler's men are questioning Schmidt on his waste of equipment and a base with empty promises. They call him the Red Skull, and he looks pretty pissed off about it. 
So he brings them into a room with his new weapon. He says Hydra is assembling an arsenal to destroy all of his enemies in one hour. He then uses this weapon to kill all of these men, and they vanish instantly from the blue blast. He says Hydra cannot grow in Hitler's shadow anymore. Back at the lab, they are taking Steve's blood. Any hope of re-emerging the program would be in his genetic code, but without Erskine, it would take years. And if you have been listening, we talked a little bit about this in the Hulk episode. Um, Just a little callback, which is pretty cool. So... Stark says that Hydra is a Nazi deep science committee, and their technology is way more advanced than ours. The colonel says they're taking the fight to Hydra, but Steve can't come because he's just a lab experiment. The man with him says that ever since he was in the front paper, people have been signing up to enlist like crazy. So now Steve is going to be used as more propaganda for America to sell bonds. So he travels America as Captain America. There's comics about him, movies. His outfit is ridiculous but it is the original captain america outfit but it just does look a little ridiculous um he's the star-spangled man with a plan so then he travels the world and then he goes to italy to start talking in front of all the soldiers but then they throw shit at him and heckle him off the stage so after this peggy approaches steve and says that she's not supposed to be there but she tells him that he was meant for more than this he dreamed about serving his country and he finally got everything he wanted but not how he expected She tells him that 200 men went up against Schmidt and only 50 returned, and these were the group that his best friend Bucky was in. He demands the colonel tell him the names of the casualties and if Barnes is alive. He says that they're 30 miles behind line and they're not sending in a rescue mission. So Steve looks at the map, decides to go on his own. Peggy and Kat fly into the war zone with Stark as the pilot. They get gunfire. He goes to jump from the aircraft, and Peggy says, You can't give me orders. And he says, Hell, I can't. I'm a captain uh steve sneaks into the hydra facility where the soldiers are captive he sees all the blue energy shit that they're working on and he steals something so he frees all the soldiers but there's another ward that they said that nobody escapes from schmidt knows something is up so he rings the bell for backup soldiers are taking over the hydra facility they're taking the men out schmidt rigs the place to blow steve finally finds bucky tied down in a room they seem to be running some kind of experiment on him Uh, He's shocked by the size of Steve, by the way, because last time he saw him, he was a little shrimp. So the whole place starts to blow before Cap and Bucky escape. Schmidt meets Captain America face to face. In a shocking twist of events, Schmidt takes off his human mask to reveal his red skull face, says that he's Erskine's greatest work. They have left humanity behind, but unlike Steve, he embraces that proudly without fear. So Red Skull and the Doctor escape, but Cap and Bucky are stuck in the burning facility. The scene pans to Colonel reporting that Cap has gone missing behind enemy lines. He must declare Captain Rogers killed in action. He says to Peggy that he can't go after Stark for this recklessness because he funds their weapons, but she has no excuse only because she had a crush. She said no, she had faith. And then everybody around them starts running around and shouting, so they go to check out what's going on, leading the missing men, marching back to camp with new weapons from Hydra and a few tanks is Captain America. The soldiers are now cheering for him instead of throwing shit at him. It's really nice. So then they try to honor Captain America at another media event to give him a medal for valor, and he doesn't show. Instead, some short guy in a suit comes out with an excuse for him, and this is the Stan Lee cameo. He's a war vet in the crowd, and he says, I thought he would be taller. So 
After this, Cap tries to get a team of soldiers together to find the main Hydra base. He grabs a few guys he's rescued, and him and Buck have a drink. Peggy comes in, she's dressed all in red, and says that maybe after the war she'll go dancing, but she's just waiting for the right partner. The same thing he told her before. So the next day, Howard Stark is looking at the blue energy signature that Cap brought in, says it seems harmless, and then it blows up in his face. Cap goes to meet with Stark, and then there's a blonde woman waiting, and she says that he can wait with her. She says that the women of America want to thank him, and she pulls him aside and kisses him. And of course, Peggy walks in and sees. She interrupts them and says they're waiting for him if he's not too preoccupied. He tries to tell her that it's not what she thinks, and she says that he is just like all the other soldiers now. He's meeting with Stark about armor, and he shows him a bunch of shield, like new shield options. Cap sees the round vibranium one, which Stark mentions is the rarest metal in the world. He picks it up. Peggy shoots at him a few times and says, yeah, it works. And then Stark and Cap are both like looking at each other like, oh, yeah, she's big mad. So Cap now has a new suit and shield. Uh, he goes into some battles. It's really awesome. We get all these new Captain America shots of him kicking ass. Uh, he's taken out a bunch of the Hydra bases and Red Skull is clearly pissed about it. Bucky is one of his main guys, and he's really good with the sniper rifle. They show that. It's very important for a future movie. So Cap and the crew are about to jump onto a train from the top of a mountain. It looks like a classic like heist movie. They're going to swing in and jump on this train. Dr. Zolar is supposed to be on this train. They go on board. They look around. And surprise, it's a trap. Bucky and Cap are separated. They're both firing at different enemies. Cap's shield can withstand the blue blasters. Uh, with the new vibranium shield. Um, they continue the fight. Bucky gets caught hanging off the side of the train. Cap tries to grab him, and he falls to his seeming death. Cap cries, and the team finds Dr. Zolar. They put him in a cell, and General Patton comes in and brings him a steak. He says that every Hydra agent has taken a cyanide pill when they catch them, but not him. He wants him to cooperate, and then they'll send him to Switzerland. Dr. Zolar tells him that Schmidt thinks he walks in the footsteps of the gods. Who is his target? His target is everywhere. So Red Skull finally tells his Hydra soldiers that his greatest weapon is ready now. He says out loud, if they cut off one head, two more shall grow, and they all chant Hail Hydra. In London, Peggy finds Steve in a ruined building with whiskey, but the serum caused his cells to regenerate too fast, so he can't get drunk now. He blames himself for Bucky's death and says he's going after every Hydra agent until they're all dead or captured. The general says that Dr. Zolder gives them 24 hours before Hydra gets to the Atlantic and wipes out the entire eastern seaboard. His base is underneath the Alps, and Cap says they're taking it to his front door. Takes out a ton of Hydra's men outside their base, but he gets himself captured. They bring him face-to-face -face with Red Skull again. He calls him an arrogant American, says there are limits to what he can do. He says Erskine resented his genius and denied him of what was rightfully his. He asked Steve what made him so special, and he answered, nothing, I'm just a kid from Brooklyn. And so he punches the shit out of him, and Steve says, I can do this all day. Before Red Skull can shoot him, his crew smashes in. It was planned all along. So the U.S. soldiers are closing in on Hydra from the outside as well. Peggy and Cap meet up. There is some serious sexual tension. Um, Red Skull starts to escape, and he has his targets on New York City. Cap is running behind his airship to try and jump on, but he can't catch up. But they stole the octopus car from Schmidt, and they're racing behind him. So the car speeds off with hyperspeed. Peggy kisses Cap before he jumps onto the airship. Nice moment. They look at each other as they're separating. Inside the ship, Cap sees a bunch of small planes with missiles on them for multiple big cities in America. 
Cap knocks one away for Chicago and jumps on one meant for New York. He knocks the pilot out and goes back for the main ship. He's trying to avoid heavy fire in the air and makes it back inside of the aircraft. He finds the main compartment and Red Skull sneaks up behind him and a fight starts. They're both super soldiers, one good and one evil. Cap throws his shield and it hits the case that the Tesseract is in. Red Skull grabs the Tesseract with his bare hands like an idiot and the power starts to flow around the room. A portal to the universe opens up. Red Skull is shot into the universe. It looks like he's being melted away and then the portal is closed. The Tesseract melts its way through the plane into the sky, out of sight. Cap takes over the controls of the plane and phones in his crew. He tells Peggy that Schmidt is dead and they try to get him coordinates for safe landing. He says it's moving too fast and it's headed to New York, so he's going to put it in the water. Peggy is emotional and says to wait it out, but he tells her that it's his choice and that he needs a rain check on their dance as he shifts the plane towards the icy water in the middle of nowhere. She says next Saturday, don't be late. They continue to to talk, distract the situation until his comms go out and he's crashed. Steve Rogers is presumed dead. The Allies have won the war. Everyone is celebrating in the name of the captain. We see Howard Stark's team find the Tesseract and pull it out of the water, but tells them to keep looking in the ice for an energy signature. Then we see Captain America waking up in a bed. The radio is playing a baseball game and he's listening intently. A woman dressed very vintage walks in and says, good evening. He asks, where is he? And she says, a recovery room in New York City. He looks at her hard and says, where am I really? The game on the radio is from 1949, and I know because I was there. He freaks out. She calls for backup. He kicks them through a wall um, and runs out of this, like, simulation. So he's running around. He runs into the street of New York City, sees Times Square, all these TVs, all this electric shit, all these cars, and he's, like, clearly stressed out and confused. Nick Fury approaches him and says, sorry for the act, but they thought they'd try to break it to him slowly. He's been asleep for almost 70 years. Fury asks, is he going to be okay? And he says, yeah, I just had a date. So that is the end of the movie. We do get one end credit scene and it's Cap hitting his punching bag really hard. He knocks it off. Fury walks in and asks if he's had trouble sleeping. They talk for a second and Cap asks if Fury has a mission for him. Is he trying to get him back into the real world? And then Fury says, no, he's trying to save it. So that is Captain America. Tell me, Riley, tell me how you feel about this movie. So I know a lot of people really hate this movie. (laughs) Like all of, I I don't, I don't understand it. Like all the Captain America movies get pretty panned, except maybe like uh, the Winter Soldier. And I don't know. I love this movie. I, I feel like it is one of the best ones. (laughs) Genuinely. (laughs) It's like not being sarcastic or facetious. I really love this movie. Because I guess to me, it's like Captain America is the ultimate underdog at the beginning. And you just just can't not root for him, you know? And like when you mentioned the uh, when he outsmarts all of the other soldiers by instead of trying to climb the pole, he just knocks it over. It's just like, yeah, it's it's wits over strength. You know, he's using his he's using his strengths to figure things out. And once he gets that smoking hot bod you know (laughs) he's just he's He's just the ultimate person (laughs) (laughs) i yeah i just really like the movie i think i don't know why people dislike it and i i kind of think it's because it's kind of a period piece you know like it takes place in the very old days 
but I guess why why didn't you like it at first, and what kind of changed your mind? So, I, basically what you just said, I am not a fan of war movies. Uh, they oh, I'm not either at all. Don't catch my attention, and every time I ever watched Captain America, it was kind of just like a, ugh, gotta watch Captain America. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't super fun to me. I remembered that it was a war movie. I know that he gets this cool transformation, right? And I remembered that there wasn't that many big scenes with Red Skull and him. Like, I remembered the scene of them, like, talking um, before the building, like, catches flame and things like that. And I just, that, that's how I remembered the villain. Like, he didn't really, I didn't remember anything about him except he has this Red Skull, right? Like, he, he is Red Skull. And mm-hmm. it just seemed boring to me, maybe because it was a war movie. I was like, oh, it's a boring movie. Like, never paid attention. But as I was actually paying attention and taking notes on it, I did like it a little bit more. All of those like iconic Captain America scenes happen very early, right? Like his first like I can do this all day moment and mm-hmm. when he gets that transformation, like all of that, those are really good scenes and I love those scenes. I love seeing Steve come out all hunky. It looks great. Um, (laughs) but yeah, generally I don't like war movies and that's why I wasn't really stoked on it. But again, it was really cool. Learn more about Hydra, which every time I watch the future Captain America movies and I do enjoy them, I'm just kind of like, what is Hydra? Like Hydra, are they just like Nazis? Like what is going on? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like tongue in cheek. They're, they've always been Nazis. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I, I think that's like one of the reasons I like the movie so much is because like they are not portrayed in any way as redeemable people. <laughs> um, yeah. Like they are Nazis through and through and they're trying to take over the world and they're like the intersect of the Nazis, which make them even worse because they also then spite other Nazis for not being Nazi enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like exactly. when they, when they take over Hitler. Because he's not evil enough, which is crazy to me. Very crazy. It's when you said it's a war movie, it's kind of a war movie. There's no like fighting on the front lines or anything like that. And I don't, it's just like, I guess it is a war movie, but at the same time, there's no scenes like Saving Private Ryan where there's people crawling through barbed wire, Mm -hmm. (laughs) things like that, you know? Like, I get what you mean, but I also, like, don't totally agree, I guess. Because if you... Yeah, okay, continue. The reason why I like it better this time is that I noticed that it's not really, like, a lot of... Like, every single action scene that we see him them, like, invading the Hydra bases, it goes by really fast. And they don't pay too much attention to, like, the war zones and what's going on. Like, they show these really cool action scenes with him and his crew, and they look really badass. and then. It's more just about Cap becoming Cap and his adventure through it. And that's why I appreciate it more as well. Because I did, I was like, you know, this isn't really that boring and it doesn't feel like a war movie. So I, I agree now, but that was like my, my thought going in. And like for the last, like how, like what, eight years I've been like, ah, oh, Captain America. But I did like it better this time because I did feel like those scenes were a little bit more adventurous than I thought that they were. I, I, I see what you mean about the Red Skull thing. Like, he Mm. definitely isn't in the movie that much. He just kind of appears at first, and you don't know who he is. And then the big reveal when he is the Red Skull 
is like it's surprising but it's also like we're not I guess the worst thing he did in the movie besides trying to destroy America essentially mm-hmm. and the world essentially was when he vaporized his own men just to check to see if the gun worked. Right. Like that's how next level evil he was. Um but I I kind of think about other origin story villains where mm-hmm. in in Iron Man like Obadiah Stane he's not really in the movie. And, like, obviously the big reveal that he's the bad guy is, like, one of the crazier ones. But there's not too many scenes with him and Tony either. And if it wasn't for him donning his own Iron Man suit, I kind of feel like we would be thinking of him as the same way as the Red Skull. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see that, for sure. And I, I did mention this in an early episode that, like, origin stories aren't really for me. This is one that, like, I'm okay with. I guess I'm, I'm tired of... You know, I think everybody's tired, but like we're tired of seeing the origin stories that we've we've seen before, we've heard of before. Because um, technically, you could watch this one first. Exactly, exactly. I was like, before going into this podcast, I was like, do I want to watch them in chronological order? And then I was like, nah, I'm just gonna do a release order. It's fine. But um, but yeah, yeah. something really cool too. So before when I said I didn't really know anything about red skull which i you know i still don't know a ton about him but i don't either going into and i'm not gonna spoil what happens in infinity war for anybody who might not have seen it yet if you haven't seen it go watch it it's on netflix go watch it it's great um very very emotional um but we do get a little scene with uh red skull in it and everybody you know you know i remember watching the movie and thinking like oh, look, it's back. Like, I remember him. And then after I was like, wait, I don't really remember him. Like, what does he do? Like, what's going on? So getting to rewatch this movie um, after seeing that was cool because now I feel like I know a little bit more than I did before. Yeah. Uh, Going back to what you were saying about how origin stories aren't really for you, I totally feel like I'm super burned out on origin stories. Mm -hmm. However, when we get to my top three, Spoiler. Um, most, I, I, I either, you could either consider two out of the three origin stories or all three of them, depending on how you look at it. Um, but I totally agree. I'm so sick of origin stories, especially I'm really happy with the way they did Spider-Man Homecoming where it wasn't an origin story because I was really worried about that because that would be what three origin stories in 15 years, if that, you know? Yeah. Um, I haven't seen Captain Marvel yet, but I've heard that it suffers a little bit from that origin story fatigue um, Yeah, from friends who um, have seen it. I loved Captain Marvel, so we can talk about that later. Um, or I could just take you to go see the movie, because <laughs> uh, I had a lot of fun with it. But, okay, so we, we're not going to talk about Captain Marvel. Um, but right, I did yeah, enjoy the movie, gonna... and I felt the opposite. Like I said, I don't like origin story movies, but I felt that it was... Somebody that I have never, like, I had never read any Cats Marvel comics or anything. I didn't know what to expect. And they kept me guessing. There's a lot of, like, plot twists. And you're like, oh, shit. You know, so. So, yeah. Um, But we won't talk about Captain Marvel until I make you go see it with me. Mm-hmm. Um, That's fine. <laughs> when I graduate, I will finally see every movie I haven't seen for the past six years. <laughs> and bring this up really quick. The chemistry between Peggy and Cap. I loved it. My only 
like think like my gripe with it is that she was I felt like she didn't give too much of a shit about him in a sexual sense until he became all hot you know like she was like like okay look at this cute little kid I'm gonna hang out with him and then he's all hunky and immediately she's like oh my god I'm gonna try to hook up with this guy um but i did like their chemistry um that's why i mentioned like right before he flies off and she's still in the car they like have this moment where they like stare at each other and i'm just like oh this makes me so sad because i know it's about to happen and you know i loved it and i just wanted them to bang but they didn't yeah I, um, I kind of, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I hold this movie in much higher regard than most people, obviously, as I've kind of made very obvious. Um, I kind of feel like that chemistry started when he was on his way to become Captain America. Yeah, in the car. And yeah, and they had that like flirty little moment. And I, to me, that's kind of when it started there. And then, like I was saying with the whole, he had the wits, all he needed was the strength. I feel like you're probably right in that she was probably a little bit interested in him before. And then, like, no pun intended, the package was completed. <laughs> <laughs> like, right. it's he, he became the full package. And it's hard not to talk about this movie just from how it starts to how it ends like just how likable of a character he is because he's he is like the ultimate character. good guy. He is he is essentially I the opposite say, of Hitler, which is obvious. Like that's what they were going for. This movie, like when you say he's a very likable character, right? In this movie he is cuz like, you know, who who else are we going to root for? Like it's great, but then which we'll get into on the next episode of Avengers, um I found that he was being a bit of a buzzkill, a little bit annoying. And that might come from the fact that he's an old soul. Things have changed. He's been through some shit. Like, he's been asleep for so many years. But the cap that we see in Captain America, the first adventure, is a little bit more naive. And I think that's what makes him such a likable character, is that even though he is doing all these great things for our country, um, he has no fucking idea what's gonna happen and the people the super people that exist around him not just him right so yeah in avengers i'm gonna be talking about that with your girlfriend actually um yes he i just wrapped up the movie and i felt that he was a little bit more like i think it was a little annoying like i love captain america i love the future movies he's in and i'm always gonna root for him but i felt that he was a little um little out of place i don't know Would yeah you agree, i could totally or? i i could kind of see that i mean he starts off as the ultimate good guy because he literally wants nothing more than to just serve his country and right. like save the world essentially but then like you also <laughs> you also have to remember he lost his best friend and like his <sighs> love of his life in like a week <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so by the time he wakes up not only has he just he has the fresh memory of these two people who meant the world to him basically exit his life. He also has to deal with the culture shock of all that. Oh, yeah. So, but I yeah, think he that probably his isn't. Character, yeah. That's what but, I like. Yeah. When you say he seems out of place, it's like, yeah, obviously <laughs> he's like 140. <laughs> <laughs> that's not right. the right math, but that's, yeah, I, I haven't seen the Avengers in a while, but I could totally see why he feels out of place. Cause 
that what was that his second movie he appeared in mm-hmm. yeah yeah so it makes sense why he feels out of place but yeah and they make some jokes about that in the avengers right like as we move on and as we see him in other movies like everything that happens to him because i i'm not gonna lie the other two that have like iron man and thor they have three movies each besides thor ragnarok which was a fucking blast um captain america has the best movies like the best trilogy like literally we have winter soldier and civil war civil war is basically an avengers movie but it's a captain america movie so he has the best movie trilogy out of all of them i would say um iron man's his movies are not necessarily a letdown i think everybody has their own opinions on iron man 2 and all but um they're they're just not as intense and i i really like how how much captain america grows throughout his trilogy like you you like this film so much i'm kind of still mad about it but i think it's because his his other two movies and the things that happen to him and the friendships that obviously like die and come back and things like i don't know i think that shapes him more as a character and and they're more interesting to me than just like this this naive at first soldier who turns into the super soldier and starts kicking ass right it's a good movie it's fun but those other movies have a little bit more heart to them and a little bit more emotions and these Mm -hmm. questions especially civil war when you're like who who's right we don't know and you have all these other characters and a little bit more emotional ties um that captain america is more enjoyable for me personally see i'm the opposite i feel like i was really let down by civil war really (laughs) yeah because i mean i i hate referring to like the comics as like the the um standard for which things happen but when you don't have so much of the universe participating mm-hmm. it kind of just feels like everyone's having a little bit of a spat <laughs> <laughs> yeah i, I would know? understand that but i will say winter soldier holds up a lot better than i remembered it the first time i saw it and i think at that point when i saw it i hadn't seen enough of the movies to really fully understand the scope of it which brings mm-hmm. me to why I feel like Captain America is a really good movie that holds up is because if you watch them in chronological order or watch them out of place, Captain America, the first Avenger, is like the best standalone movie because you don't have to have any other frame of reference to watch this movie. All the movies are all the movies after that mostly are pretty interconnected. So yeah. you kind of have to watch all of them to fully get it i can do that besides like the tesseract but like even the tesseract like at the start of the avengers they they tell you what it really is and stuff um and in the beginning of thor i mean not thor in the beginning of captain america like schmidt kind of talks about it in the beginning too but i i would agree i think that's a fair point captain america is definitely like you could just watch that film i'm pretty sure captain america does come on like tv and that's one of the oh it totally does marvel movies that actually just runs on like abc or something like that like right am i i I feel like that one in iron man like iron Iron man Man. one like i feel like fx is always playing (laughs) of course um so yeah uh speaking about how it is one of your favorite movies you've already said this but i want to know 
um, what are your top three Marvel movies? And I'm not going to ask you where Captain America is in your 21 because I know it's in your top three. So just yes. <laughs> let, let me have it. Let me know. Go three first. Let's hear three, two, one. So three is kind of tough because I feel like my top two are pretty much untouchable, whereas the third one could be a variety of them. Um, the first one that came to mind when you said top three, the third one was probably the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Such um, a film. Mainly because they did this amazing thing where I didn't have any frame of reference of these characters before because basically they had... to some extent never really existed in that capacity uh before that and they made me care about them in just one movie and i think that was really a feat of uh how well that movie was made because star lord was awesome in that movie drax was the perfect kind of dumb guy gamora is like so awesome rocket raccoon was perfectly voiced by bradley cooper like <laughs> I think that was one of those great movies that they did a perfect job on, especially when they had so much riding on it because so few people really knew who they were before that. For sure. Um, and also talking about movies that are good standalone movies, Guardians of the Galaxy is like, I remember when I got that movie on DVD, which I did see the movie in theaters like five times, I made everyone that would like hang out with me. I was like, let's watch Guardians of the Galaxy. Like you don't have to know anything, right? Cause it's oh, 100%. technically they don't know anything about the Avengers or what's happened. So they're just in their own little universe. Yeah. They're in this perfect little bubble. It's so fun. Like the first like five minutes of the movie, you're already like loving star Lord. It's great. The soundtrack's great. So I yeah, definitely agree. I would perfect. say, um, when I get there, when I get to the film, um, I would, I would say it's going to be up there for me as well. But, um, all right, continue. (laughs) So number two is it's Captain America. It's gotta be Mm -hmm. like, I've watched that one voluntarily more than any of the others because I just really like the story and the arc from where he started and where he ends. I just, you can't help but root for him. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that last little bit where he has to, where he runs out into Times Square for the first time is just so well acted. And then you see Nick Fury and it's just like, oh, my God, you know, it's it's like one of those crazy reveals that I just wasn't expecting when I first saw the movie. Um, One thing that was weird, though, about that end credit sequence, um, I remember in the trailers, you saw him in that gym, like bashing the punching bag through the wall, (laughs) you know? Yeah, I. I love that scene. And I feel like I said, I just rewatched Avengers. And like when that scene popped up, I was like, I know I just watched this at the end of Captain America, but I love this scene. I love him obviously getting all being all frustrated about his life. Right. Like seven years gone. And Fury's like, come on, let's suit up. We're getting you back in there. It's nice. I love that scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I I can't say enough good things about Captain America. but I. I just don't get why people hate it so much. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know. Every time I say I really like Captain America, I always get this like groan or like, really? Like, I don't know. Like I said, for me, it was the war movie. It was the time period. It was the, uh, it was just, it felt slow to me when I would watch it. This time was nicer paying attention to it. And actually, so maybe we just got to tell people if you didn't like it the first time, Watch it again. 
pay attention yeah. to the heart that this film has. Yeah, maybe don't focus on the fact that it takes place so old and focus on the fact that you really have Captain America. A lot of superheroes have crazy overpowered superpowers where he's just like a slightly more ripped dude. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, like he doesn't have Hulk like strength. He's strong, but like he's not. He's not an overpowered person. Like his wits are just as important as his strength and his creativity and like getting out of situations, you know, like Iron Man is super overpowered because he is in a metal suit. (laughs) He's in a metal suit and Tony Stark being as like as much of a dick that he can be like, he's really smart. He knows what he's doing. Like, oh, yeah, he's got he's got all the brains right there. And yeah. I don't know. I think that simplicity of that superhero that is Captain America is just really it just it it sits really well with me, I guess. I just mm-hmm. really like how he's he's not just one gimmick. He is kind of a whole package. He's like personality, he's smart, he's strong. He uses his brain to get out of situations just as much as it takes his strength and things like that and how could you not like watching him throw around that shield that just defies gravity so so good so good and just just to bring this up too when we talk about like tony and his smarts and cap cap has smarts too but it's more of those like street smarts it's more of those exactly because he grew up in brooklyn it's it's great so yeah so agreed yeah good good fit good yeah for sure um good meaning for the fit for your number two um but i want to know what is your first what is your number one um it was also my first marvel movie (laughs) so it was uh iron man one which i feel like is probably not a controversial pick at all i feel like a lot of people love that one um i feel like a lot of people also defend that one as the best uh origin story of all of them or at least they used to it's really fun it is. It's such a fun movie. It's just that entire opening sequence when he's like on top of the world because he built the craziest super weapons imaginable and then they get turned on him. Mm-hmm. That like bringing him back down to Earth thing and then watching him try to figure out how to make his way out of that desert is it's cool because he just I'm not like you said, like with the whole setting thing of Captain America that sort of rubs people the wrong way like it being a war movie in the time period i've never been like a war person either in terms of like i don't like desert scenes or anything like that but the way that it was portrayed and the character development that he expressed in that cave and Mm -hmm. befriending his uh assistant and trying to save him was like i thought that was such a cool sequence honestly very interesting i would say I don't think it's like a popular take, like Iron Man being number one, but a lot of people do hold Iron Man to that, like, that regard of being not only the first Marvel movie, but being a really good origin story and kind of setting up the future. Um, uh, yeah, I feel like every origin story is compared to Iron Man. Yeah. Or at least that's been to. my experience. It um, is. It's really good. I highly recommend it. <laughs> if you haven't, yeah. if you somehow you haven't, haven't seen Iron Man. If you haven't. Listen to episode one, or if you haven't seen Iron Man, you should, should probably go out there and do that. Um, but yeah, when it comes to my rating, we know this is episode five, so we're gonna have five numbers on our list, and this is this is a very different take. But in first place, we
we have Captain America. In second place, we have Iron Man. In third place, we have Thor. In fourth place, The Incredible Hulk. And fifth place, Iron Man 2. I'm sorry, Richard. Iron Man 2 is still at the end. Um, maybe maybe Wait, something so else. Wait, so putting putting you're putting Iron Man 2 behind Captain America? Yeah. In terms of your rankings? Wow, I'm surprised. Because, I don't know, I feel like <laughs> you must have like really opened your eyes to this movie the last time you watched it. <laughs> I... I just really don't love, I don't love um, the Iron Man, like the Iron Man films. I don't love them that much, but. Oh, I think two is atrocious. <laughs> it, that's why it's at the end of my list. Um, yeah, yeah but, understandable. But yeah, I had a lot of fun rewatching Captain America, but you have to keep in mind that um, there's a lot of films we haven't gotten to yet. And that, oh, I'm not surprised. Yeah. You've got 16 more. Yes. Every time I make my list or like the last time I made my list was before Infinity War and most of the origin story movies and the first few movies made it at the bottom of the list, not necessarily because they're bad movies, but because I had a lot more fun with the newer movies. So right now that is the list. Captain America is in first place, but we'll see. We do have episode six coming up, which is going to be on the Avengers, which is just coming out and saying it one of my favorite marvel movies ever very excited to talk about avengers with kaylee um i'm excited for you i'm so excited i love that movie i've seen that movie probably more than i've seen any other marvel movie that's awesome i remember going into that movie and i snuck an entire like fresh burrito into that movie (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and i i munched on a burrito and then watched that movie and when i tell you i've never left a movie theater feeling more hyped <laughs> <laughs> that movie was so good and i remember being like yeah this was the big payoff for watching all oh, these yeah. other movies like oh, yeah. it's so good yeah we are going to talk about that all in the next episode episode six um yes i'm excited so yeah, for before, you before um I talked to Riley about some Endgame stuff. Um, I just want to thank you for coming out, for talking yeah. to me today. Again, no this is this is Riley. He's one of my friends from home. Um, liked him enough to set him up with my roommate, as I said before. He's a great guy. Um, so, Thanks. yeah, if you enjoyed <laughs> this podcast, if you enjoyed hearing from Riley, you can follow him on Twitter at Katz, K-A-T-Z underscore Riley, R-I-L-E-Y. Um, for his gaming podcast where he's going to talk with his girlfriend about video games. Um, it's hardcore casual. And the Twitter for that is underscore hardcore casual. How can they don't find that, that underscore. on? <laughs> yeah. Don't forget the hard. <laughs> is it, is it bad when it's not an underscore? Uh, there are a couple of other hardcore casual podcasts. Uh, just look for the one with the, uh, jungle green Nintendo 64. And is it and, the uh, same thing us. for like, iTunes, like, how do we find the podcast? How do we listen to it? We are like the third result on iTunes. Um, you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on s- pretty much wherever podcasts are. I think, <laughs> yeah, at anywhere there's a podcast, you can probably find us. Um, Pocket Casts, which is my favorite podcast app. I made sure we were there just so I could listen to myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's awesome. Really boost those numbers. Um, but yeah, uh, Twitter. 
Twitter's the best place to find us. We are in a little bit of a uh, dormancy period right now while I try to finish school. But we but are. You could catch up on old episodes. They're really fun. Oh, for I sure. enjoy listening to them. Yeah. It's, yeah I don't gonna... know if it's because I personally know you guys, but anytime I listen to y'all's podcasts, like while I'm driving or whatever, I just have like a huge smile on my face. I'm just like, God, I love these people. They're so fun. So. Yeah. Well, that's very nice of you to say. Um, <laughs> we have a lot of stuff planned for after I graduate. Um, getting back to the podcast trying to start a streaming channel we've got we've got a lot of ideas that we want to make happen but i just gotta just gotta get that degree in hand first yeah that is that is the um that is the goal um so yes thank you riley for coming out today talking about captain america with me um thank you for all right you guys for the listeners i say this every episode we are about to talk end game we're going to be talking possible spoilers so if you want to go into that theater and you're like i don't want to know anything don't tell me shut up don't i don't want to hear it this is where we say goodbye so please turn it off i don't want to spoil anything for you but again check out the next episode episode six we're gonna be talking avengers with my friend kaylee um so here we go riley what do you want to happen in endgame so i want to be surprised and i feel like a lot of these movies are pretty predictable in that you know the good is always going to prevail, right? Okay. And I, I definitely think that's going to happen in in Endgame because it has to, right? If, if they it lose, to, then yeah. like we don't have future movies, <laughs> and we know that's I think, not happening. I think Infinity War was that one time where they could let us down, and not necessarily let us down because every that movie is amazing, but it could be that one exception to like, oh shit, like they didn't win. You know, that was the mm-hmm. one exception. And this movie has to redeem itself, right? Yeah, I feel like. So I think the worst thing that could happen, which might be controversial, is um, everyone is okay. Because right. I feel like that's way too easy. Like they somehow save everyone and then everybody's just back and everybody's super happy. I feel like in this movie. And what I kind of want to happen is, because I, like I said, I want to be surprised, is I hope there are some people that just don't make it back, which sounds really dark and sad. So don't make it back from the snap, you mean? Or um, um, either that, general. people who don't make it back from the snap, or um, maybe people don't survive the final battle so they can kind of mm-hmm. pass the torch onto the next generation. In um, particular, you're talking about. One of the main six Avengers. Yeah, that too. I I would really hate for some of the side characters that really haven't had their moment to like be permanently gone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know how in uh, it was either Iron Man two or three. They're kind of blending together where there's that real moment where um, the Iron Patriot gets smashed out of the sky and you think he's dead. Like that's in um, Civil War, I think. Oh, nah. I think that's in Civil War because they're there. It's after the airport scene and there's that big moment of like, yeah. And I was like, that's like a really heavy moment. And I really like the Iron Patriots character. But like, I think it would have been really cool if like one of the driving factors for Tony was to like avenge him. You know, like just right. to have more. I want to. I feel like. The way they can do it right is 
strategically like this sounds so dark killing characters you know mm-hmm. no that's i mean it's fair it's part of making a plot and making making us care about characters right and yeah, like, when you said that you want tony to have like something to avenge basically right i think they might be doing that with spider-man like technically you know um tony and Rhodey have been friends for a very long time so it would make it would be more like more something to go for but at the same time like that that scene in space with spider-man like was so much and i think that that's what you're looking for except it was in infinity war right like now tony's like fuck i have to i have something to fight for because of spider-man yeah exactly like i don't really know much about the comic book variant of what happens but i just want i just want there to be permanent i guess results and consequences of all of this happening you know um like i think one of the things that infinity war kind of let me down was uh when thanos killed gamora and essentially that was just to me the way i looked at it was a plot point to not end the movie at like an hour because that led to star lord losing his mind and basically screwing over everyone Mm -hmm. yeah you know like that was the to me personally that was the worst moment in the marvel cinematic universe because it was so infuriating (laughs) like it's so annoying. You're just like, God, they, and then they show like, he's about, he's like still kind of losing it. And they show Spider-Man almost get it off. It slips off of his hand. And then he comes to, because Star-Lord had to punch him and he comes to, and he grabs the gauntlet back. And like, you're, they're like that close. And then you're just like, oh, fuck. Yeah. I feel like, like I said, Guardians of the Galaxy made me care about the Guardians of the Galaxy. Whereas Infinity War made me really hate them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like whenever Endgame comes out and we see Star-Lord on screen, everybody's just going to be like, ugh, this dude, ugh, right? Boo, get him out of here. <laughs> but I guess um, we don't he, know if he's going to be on screen because he did. He disappeared, right? I was about to ask you that. I feel like he did disappear. He did Didn't, disappear. Basically, the only people who didn't were the original Avengers, right? The original Avengers and a couple others. Um, Rocket made it out. Um, what's her name? Nebula made it out as well. Um, um, it was a couple other characters, and I can't think off the top of my head all of them. But a couple other characters did make it out. But it is a big deal that it was the main six Avengers that made it. So I think that was obviously intended on on that was intended for sure and i think most people picked up on that like right as they were leaving the theaters like wait a second right that's when all the theories started coming out like oh all the avengers are gonna sacrifice themselves for the new guys and blah 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 blah. yeah i feel like i would love to see captain america uh pass the torch not literally but um i i want to see permanent results of this in terms of the six avengers like i would love to see either Bucky or the Vulture become the new Captain America. So you do um, want somebody else to take up the mantle? Because you are not, yeah. you're not the first person who's told me that. Um, I think it could lead to a bunch of creative stuff, because mm-hmm. I'm pretty burned out on the movies we have now, to be totally honest. Okay. Um, I just think if we kind of, like, have at least a couple of new heroes, then it could really, like, bring me back because of just the new possibilities of everything 
For sure. And um, I am just curious, do you, do you, have you read any theories? Like, do you have any, um, is that spoilers? Because nothing's really a spoiler if we don't know what's going to happen. But do you have any theories whatsoever of what you think is going to happen? So I haven't read any, but I would imagine that we're going to lose a bunch of the Avengers, like the original six Avengers, basically. Okay. I would be surprised if it was a clean sweep because I feel like that would be really excessive. Um, but if it was like two or three of them and like, for instance, if you had like Captain America, like in his last gasp for breath, like hold Iron Man's hand, I feel like that would be like one of those things that Marvel would totally Mm. do, you know, make us cry even more. Yeah, exactly. Um, But in terms of reading spoilers or anything like that, I try to stay away from all theories because, especially with movies, I know I'm going to go see anyway, because I don't, like, I want to have that element of surprise be there. Have you seen the trailers? No, I haven't, because I, again, I don't even want to even, oh, wait, wait, I, I take that back. I have seen the first one where Tony is in the spaceship. Okay. And uh Are you talking about the Super Bowl trailer or I don't think so. I think it was before that, if I'm not mistaken. Well just because I didn't watch the Super Bowl. (laughs) If you no, none of us people from New Orleans watched the Super Bowl this year, so so sorry. But uh but yeah, um the last trailer that came out, I would say if you're trying to go spoiler free, they do a pretty good job of hiding things. Like it's pretty obscure. Like they don't give anything away, but there is one scene. Um, and then now everybody has all these theories of what's going to happen and how, how they're going to get out of this mess because of the one scene. So I would say if you're trying to stay away from it, just go in blind. You got, you got about a month. Um, okay. I will say, I do know Ant-Man comes back just because mm -hmm. of all of that. Um, I'm excited to see him because I really liked his movie, too. Did you um, see Ant-Man and the Wasp? I didn't, and I want to, but oh. it just wasn't. Let me tell you, Ant-Man and the Wasp is very important to Endgame. And that's why you should go see it, because if you like Ant-Man and you want to be prepared for Endgame, you should go see it. Okay, because I was under the impression that it was pretty uh, disconnected. No, because it nah. came after and it came after Infinity War, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. like a month it later. It came right? after Infinity War, it, but it the event it took place take before place before. But there is there is a pretty cool the, the entire point of the movie brings up possibilities for the future. But also the end scene, you know, end credit scenes are very important in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, okay. And that is crazy. You get some. Infinity War stuff. Um, so, yeah, you should definitely go watch it. Or you could just listen to the podcast when we get that far down the line. Uh, Is that it will on be Netflix? Episode 20. Um, that's a great question. I think I, it might be, honestly. Or somewhere. I, I think it it's somewhere. Box recently. Oh, so. okay. Well, I'll go check on that later. <laughs> <laughs> should definitely go watch it. Um, I might do that tonight, honestly, after I finish up the mountain of work that I have. <laughs> Well, if you do go watch it, let me know what you think. I will. I will do that. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you for coming out. I can't thank you enough. Um, no but problem. But yeah, it's been, a, it's been a fun time talking about Captain America. Um, this is a big adventure for me because, like I said, I wasn't a huge fan of this movie. But I also wasn't a huge fan of the first two Iron Man, movie, Iron Man movies. And 
rewatching those. Like, this is all, I'm noticing things in every single movie that I didn't really pay attention to before, which has been mm-hmm. really cool. So, this has been a fun experience. Um, thank you for shining some light onto Captain America for me. Um, yeah, no problem. But yeah, if you enjoy this podcast, keep listening. We, like I said, we have next episode, episode six is The Avengers. My friend Kaylee will be here. It's going to be a blast. Uh, So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye.